Well, hey, good morning. Good morning. How's everybody doing in the house of the Lord this morning? Hey, man, is Jesus in your house this morning? Right here. Is he in your heart right here? You all ready to worship the Lord? Open up your hymn books to page 68. <laughs> Surprise. <laughs> Open up your hymn books to page 68, and I want us to stand and sing together. Sing it loud. Sing it proud. Amen. Here we go. for you this morning. Welcome to Hills Church. Man, we're a place to believe and what? Belong and become. Believe what? Believe God, right? Believe God in our worship and our service to Him. Believe God, belong what? Together, right? And become what? Servants. Servants. To do ministry and evangelism and share the gospel. That's what we need to do. So this morning here, we've got a few announcements here. Um, Let's see, uh, there's all, you look on the, in your Sunday paper, there's all kinds of stuff in there. Just want to encourage you to celebrate recovery every Monday night at 7 p.m. Uh, you want to be here for that, and it's just really a great time for us to get together. If you have a hurt, hang up, or habit, uh, listen, spread the word, share the word about Celebrate Recovery here. It's not just about addictions, and we're all addicted to something or whatever, you know. Listen, we have a hurt, hang up, or habit. So I just want to encourage you to come. It's a time where we do worship. Uh, in big group, kind of like this, and then they break it down to small group, and the men separate from the ladies, and they kind of share uh, some of the struggles, the hurts, hangers, and habits. And so you try to work through that, and to know it's confidential, and you have somebody as an advocate for you to kind of help you to hold your arms up, and actually we hold each other's arms up, and that's what we do. So anyway, just want to encourage you at 7 p.m., right? Also, Wednesday morning, starting November 4th and Wednesday night, 
we're going to have men's and women's Bible study is going to be starting. We're going to do 10 o'clock. The women of worth are going to meet at 10. And the men of, I haven't figured out a name for us yet. And so uh, the men are going to meet at 10. And uh, we're also going to meet at 6.30 in the evening. And we're going to do, uh, for the men, it's going to be Kingdom Man. And for the ladies, Kingdom Women. Uh, uh, curriculum by Tony Evans and his family do it. And so it's going to be an awesome time to kind of feed both both of us, right? The men can be here. I got some men that'll come, I pray. Okay, that was encouraging, right? <laughs> anyway, all right, the wives are going to get the stick out and say, all right, come on, let's go, let's go. No, Brother Phil's waiting on you. So anyway, now we'll have a sign-up in the foyer for that, and we want to encourage you to be part of that on Wednesday mornings at 10, also uh, Wednesday nights at 6.30. So listen, men, if you don't want to miss Gary's uh, 6.30 at night, come at 10 o'clock in the morning, you can do the kingdom men, and then you can get, man, you can get double trouble, right, uh, on Wednesday. It would be really, really, really good for you to do that. Uh, also, ministry leaders just want to encourage you to make sure that uh, you know if, who you are, just make sure you put together uh, a budget for 2021. We need to get kind of that together uh, so that we can go ahead and prepare our budget for next year. Uh, I'm excited about that. And see, t-shirts, uh, Everybody has been signing up for those, and if you have not had a chance to sign up for a Hills Church, Hills Church shirt, uh, we want to encourage you to do that. Uh, I think the cost is, well, like $10 or something for them, but it's going to be good. It's going to give us an opportunity to make ourselves known in the community where, where we live and the stores and places, and the, just be an encouragement to people that Hills Church is here for them. It's a place for them, right, to do what? To believe, to belong. And to become, all right? Believe, belong, become, the three B's, all right? So we make sure we, we learn that and we do that. And uh, so I just want to encourage you in that. If you're a guest here this morning, we want to thank you for being in the, in the house in the Hills Church this morning. Make sure you go ahead and there's a little card in the pew where you're sitting. If you will go ahead and uh, get my band come on up here. Uh, make, sure that, um, make sure we go ahead and uh, fill out that card. And at the end of the service... When it's all over with, as you exit, you can put it in the offering plate. Uh, we can record your visit here with us this morning. And it's so good to have each and every one of you here this morning. Let's go to the Lord in prayer. Father, we thank you, Lord, for the mighty name of Jesus. We know, Lord Jesus, there's no other name under heaven and earth by which any of us can be saved, save the name of Jesus Christ. And so, Lord, it's our purpose, and, and Lord, to be here to honor the one. Lord, who laid his life down on the cross for each and every one of us. Lord Jesus, we just pray, God, that you would just do your perfect work in and through our lives this morning, God. Lord, help us, Lord, to just kind of uh, settle things in our heart, Lord, to get our attention and our mind on you this morning, God, and not on the, not on the, uh, the, the woes and the, and the things of life, Father, Lord, that we would be focused uh, on you uh, like David was. He had flint, uh, his eyesight was, he was laser-focused on you, God. I pray that we can be the same thing. I pray this morning, Holy Spirit, do your perfect work, Lord, in my heart and in the hearts of all of us here today. May we hear a word from you, God, that would touch our hearts, change our lives. May we, as we celebrate the Lord's Supper uh, at the close of the service, God, that you would just do your perfect work in our hearts even now. Lord, reveal anything to us that would be amiss, that we would get, get it right with you. Any sin in our life, Lord, that we would purge it from our hearts this morning. Father, we just give you praise. I pray if there's anyone here that's not saved, that doesn't know you as their Savior, God, that they would not leave here until they know you as Savior and Lord of their life. Lord, that's always our heart for everybody. We want to make sure everybody uh, makes it in your presence, God, and, and is able to live in your presence for all eternity. Lord, that's what we desire. We just thank you. We, Lift up Lois, Lord, who is struggling this morning. God, I pray that you would be with her. Help her, Lord, to overcome uh, uh, the breathlessness that she's having. And I just pray, God, you just be with her. And, Lord, and anybody else, Lord, we have many, Lord, that uh, struggle sometimes, and that's the reason they're at home. We pray, God, that you just uh, minister to them. Lord, we pray for our president and his wife and all the senators and the people that have the virus. We pray, God, you continue to heal them. And, Lord, that you rescue them, Father. Lord, we thank you for our own that might be struggling with that, or the possibilities there. And pray, God, that you would continue to do a perfect work in their life and keep them healthy and keep them happy. Father, we thank you for this morning, Father, and thank you for all that you're doing. In Jesus' mighty name. And all God's children said what? Amen.
Amen. All right, come on, let's all stand up and sing together this morning. Two, three, four.
you my heart, I give you my soul. I live for you alone, every breath that I take, every moment I'm awake. Lord, have your way in me. Lord, I give you my heart, I give you my soul. I I take every moment I'm away. Father Jesus, we just thank you, Lord, that well, we just want you to have your way in each and every one of us, God. We love you. We praise you. Lord, we adore you. You're the one we adore. You're the reason that we're here. You're the reason that we live. You're the reason that we have a heartbeat. Lord, we're, you're the reason that we have all the sustenance, everything that we have. Lord, is you're the reason for it, God. And Lord, we just want to honor you this morning with our life. We want to honor you, Lord, this morning, Lord, in our prayer. Lord, we want to honor you, Lord, in our actions. Lord, in everything that we do, we want to give praise to you, Jesus. For if it wasn't for you, we would have nothing whatsoever. So, God, I just praise you this time. I pray, Lord, for uh, the word of God this morning that you would touch our hearts. And, Lord, that we would uh, sense your presence here with us because you are with us, God, this morning. Holy Spirit, do a work in me and do a work in everyone here. Lord, we give you praise for it all. If anybody's here that doesn't know you, Savior, Lord, I pray that they would commit their life to you, God, that they would receive you as their Savior. And not only their Savior, but as their, your, yeah, you would be their Lord. And God, we give you praise for it all. In Jesus' precious name, and all God's people said... Turn around, wave at the camera back there, wave at everybody online. We just thank you guys for being online. Just pray. I know everybody can see everybody, but anyway, it's all good. It's all good in the neighborhood. So anyway, so it's good. So anyway, hey, I want you guys to know we had a great time with our grand youngins. I had them here for 10 days, and I got to admit, you know, it's always hard to see them go. Uh, Thursday morning, yeah, we're, I'm driving the truck to the airport at like, oh, dark 30. And we're, we're like getting there, you know, and it's early, and they're in the back. And so, you know, Gramps, I'm just like, you know, you know, Gramps, this is the thing I hate is the goodbyes. I hate the goodbyes, you know. And so, and so of course, they only allow one adult in the airport, I think, at a time with the kids. So anyway, I let him out there at the curb and just to watch my grandson wipe his eyes. Uh, just touched my heart. So, uh, you know, it's always good to have your kids, but you have to let them go sometimes, you know. You just got to let them go. And i got to turn my thingy on here. Let me do that. There you go, Sister Susan. Sorry. But anyway, it's such a good time. So we want to thank you guys just for the encouragement and for the time. Just kind of a breath of fresh air for us to be able to spend that time with our family. It's so good. So, hey, listen, I want to show you something this morning here as we get into our message this morning. Some of you might know what one of these are. Uh, this is uh, uh, called a C-141. It's an Air Force transport plane. Uh, this is what I spent a good portion of my life on uh, for the 22 years I was in the service. And so this is a, it's a big honking airplane. You hear me? That southern means for big, it's large. Honking is large, okay? So <laughs> when I understand what that means, it's a big old airplane. And it holds a lot of, you know, hold a couple hundred troops. It's a, the airplane actually uh, can take off the weight of this thing. And this is what really, really what I'm going to get at this morning is that this airplane here uh, can take off at a max weight of 350,000 pounds. So you think about that, you know, that's, that's a lot of weight to be a lot of hunk of metal flying through the air all the time. And, and there are planes like um, there's a, the C-5, which is larger, the 747, which is even larger than this plane. In fact, this plane here makes me sad. It's what we call a dinosaur because they don't even fly them anymore. <laughs> it's in the boneyard. So anyway... I see him on a pedestal, it makes me sad, you know, so anyway, it kind of makes me feel like a dinosaur, so anyway, but oh, it's all good, but anyway, even 747, 747s can weigh up to, at takeoff, over a million pounds, think about that, a million pounds, something else as well, is like the space shuttle, y'all familiar with the space shuttle down here on the space coast, right, you know the space shuttle weighs 
four million pounds on the launch pad. Go ahead and roll that, brother. And, uh, but I want you to think about what it takes to get a four million pounds off of the ground into orbit. I mean, think about that. Four million pounds is being listed. It takes seven million pounds of thrust just to get up there and to get it into orbit. What does it take to get it into orbit? It takes power. I want you to think about the power that it takes to get it in orbit. Now, I want you to think about this this morning. How much power do you think it takes to create the universe? Hmm. Think about that this morning. How much power do you think it takes to maintain the solar system as we see it and as we know it? Kind of makes the shuttle look a little small, don't it? It sure does. Let me ask you this. How much power does it take to save a soul? And listen, folks, we all, as believers, have that power, the same power, the same creative power, the same power that calls a shuttle to go into orbit, the same power that holds the universe together, the same power. Uh, Lord, we possess that power inside of us, or he possesses you, right? And so here's the thing. Sometimes we, we cut ourselves short on the things that we need to do as believers, uh, which is why we're talking about the gifts of the Holy Spirit this morning. The gifts of the Holy Spirit are for us. It's God's power working through us. Amen? And listen, and so many times we will go our whole life. Sometimes we'll go our whole life and we never tap into the amount of power that it takes uh, to be able to fulfill the potential that God has placed inside each and every one of you. So I want you to, we're going to think about this today as we talk about the gifts of the Spirit, the gifts of the Spirit. Number one, you're filling the blank, I want you to fill this out. The Holy Spirit comes after us to do what? To save us. Fill that in. The Holy Spirit comes after us to what? To save us. He came into me to save me in a hotel room in Sicily at night. Listen, he came to me. I came to him. I was desperate, broken ruined. I was headed for a dead end in my life. And God, I got on my face and I cried out to the Lord. And man, he heard my cry. He answered my call. He saved my soul. And when he saved my soul, he set me on a direction and a pathway to where I can stand before you today. And it's all because of his glory, his grace, his mercy, his loving kindness that I can even be here this morning. And I'm grateful for that. And it's the reason you're here too. And I don't, I don't want us to miss that. He came after each and every one of you. He came after me, all of us, to be what? To be saved. First step in anything, dealing with God, to understand God, to know God is you've got to know him. He's got to know you. You've got to lay it down for him. You've got to give him your life. You've got to give him your soul. You've got to give him everything. And I, I pray you would do that. In John chapter 16, verses 7, 8, listen to what Jesus said out of his very mouth. He said, but I tell you the truth. It is to your advantage that I go away, tell his disciples. For if I do not go away, he says, the helper, the Holy Spirit, will not come to you. He said, but if I go, he said, I will send him to you. And he, when he comes, will convict the world concerning sin and righteousness and judgment. Number two, the Holy Spirit comes, fill it in, inside us, inside us, to sanctify us. He comes inside of us to sanctify us. That's what he does. He sets us apart from the world. He sets us apart from our flesh. He sets us apart from the devil. He comes to set us apart only unto him. That's the intent. That's the whole point of the Holy Spirit being in us and with us and upon us. To set us apart from ourselves, set us apart from the world, set us apart from the devil, set us apart from our flesh. And, and never forget that. We as believers are in a relationship with Jesus. It's a personal relationship with Jesus. It's a personal, it's a private relationship with Jesus. But not only is it a private relationship with Jesus, and I say that because so many people say, well, I got my own thing with Jesus. I got my own thing with him. I got me and Jesus got something going on. 
But listen, it's meant to be public as well. Not only is it a private thing with Jesus, but it's a public thing with Jesus. People should know. When people look at you, this is a good test. When people see you coming in, can they know that something is different about you? Do they know that Jesus is in your life? Do they know when you speak, do they hear the words of Jesus coming out of your mouth? I'm saying wholesome words, even just wholesome words. Or do you look just like the rest of the world? God never intends for us to look like the world. We live in the world, yes, but we're to be separate from the things of the world. He tells us to live our life as Christ followers. He's our example. He's the one we follow. And we follow those who follow him. And so we need to think about some of this this morning. It's a public thing. Not only is it private, but it's public. Listen, until that which is above us is in us, then which is around us will cause us every time to stumble and to fall and to fail. And we need to think about this this morning. So it is that we must yield to that which is above us and in us as believers. For he sanctifies us. And that just determines means he sets us apart. Sanctification means being set apart for him. Jesus getting saved and coming to church is not all there is either. It's not all there is. Sometimes we come to church like, okay, I'm saved. I'm at church. Is that all there is? Absolutely not. That's the whole point of us going through spiritual gifts this morning. Sometimes we live like or we think like, is that all there is? <laughs> to knowing God and following God? No, it's much more than that. Much, much more than that. You're missing it if that you think that's all it is. If you've asked that same question, is this all there is to church, to God, to Jesus? Just gather with a bunch of folks in a sanctuary and a church, do Bible study, and that's it? There's nothing more? No, there's much, much, much more. Man, that's just a small, small decimal, decimal, decimal fraction of what the Christian life is all about. As God prepares you this morning, he prepares you for out there. There used to be lots of signs in church houses that when you leave the service, it says they'd have a sign in the back, go out into the mission field, right? That kind of thing. It's true, man. We serve the Lord in here. We serve the Lord out there. No different than in here is out there. Out there we put our feet of faith to action as we minister to people in, in the world. We need to, you are baptized, the Bible says, and filled. Not only were you baptized at salvation, not only were you baptized with the Holy Spirit at salvation, but listen, he says to be ye filled. In fact, Ephesians 5.18 says this, and do not get drunk with wine. Hear me. Do not get drunk with wine, he says, for that is dissipation. He says, but be filled with the Spirit. Yeah. Why get drunk with wine when well, you can be filled with the Spirit of God? Amen? Amen? I'm telling you, the Spirit of God is an amazing. He's amazing. He's amazing. Number three, the Holy Spirit also comes upon us. He comes upon us for what reason? To empower us. He, come, he came upon the disciples in Acts 1.8. He, he came upon them. He told them to go to Jerusalem and wait for, wait for the helper to wait for that power from on high to come, to come upon you. Power to come on you. In fact, John 7, 37-38 says, Now on the last day, the great day of the feast, Jesus stood and cried out, saying, If anyone is thirsty, again, thirsty people in the house this morning, I hope you're thirsty this morning. Be thirsty. He says, let him come to me and drink. He who believes in me, as the scripture said, from his innermost being will flow rivers of living water. Man, do you have rivers of living water flowing out of your soul, out of your heart, out of your life when people see you? Out of us will flow rivers of living water when we come to him, when we walk in him and we follow him. I heard one time that uh, somebody says, some, somebody says, sometimes we think man's greatest capacity is to be a vessel. To be a vessel, vessel, vessel of honor. And there's scripture behind it. It sounds real good, right? You know, and, and listen, and it's not, it sounds good, but it's not, to me, the complete thing. I think we're missing something here. I think God's design for us, our greatest capacity is to be a channel. A channel. Where the Holy Spirit and God flows in us and through us and out of us 
to affect the lives of other people. Vessel, yes, but not just a vessel to hold him. We need to be a channel where he flows through each and every one of us. That's the thing. Surrender to the Holy Spirit coming in us to work through us for his eternal glory. That's what it's all about, to help others. A channel to flow to you and through you every time. And it's important that we must, listen, we must all have, listen, a firm faith. You have a firm faith this morning. Is your faith firm? Is it rock solid? But it's good, and it's good, and it's right to have a firm faith. But also, we need to have a flowing faith. Where Jesus flows through you. Your faith in him causes him to flow through you, outside of yourselves, to other people. There's one baptism initially at salvation. It's all the Holy Spirit. We need not a portion, but we need all of him at salvation. We get all of the Holy Spirit we'll ever get. And then the fillings take place. As you yield to him, as you submit to him, as you surrender to him, he fills you to overflow. But it takes time with him. You've got to be in him. You've got to be with him. You've got to spend time with him every single day. And so many do not. So many people skip a day or two days or three days. Don't skip a day when you spend some quality time with Jesus. A lot of times the people that are desperate spending quality time with God, are, that's the only way they get through. And so many of us who might be healthy... Man, you're suffering some troubles in your life that if you would just submit to God every day, how can you know who God is if you never spend time with him as your friend? I used to tell my students, I said, if you don't talk to your best friend ever, how long are they going to be your best friend? Right? Pretty soon, there's nothing. And sometimes you guys treat God the same way. we got to spend time with the Lord. Constant fillings. Be ye filled with the Spirit every day. Submit. This is a complete surrender. Every single day of your life is a surrender. You get up in the morning before you put your feet on the floor, talk to God. Put the whole armor of God on. Do it. Spend time with Him. Get your cup of coffee. Get your word. Get your praying going. Talk to God. He's listening. He's eagerly listening for you. He wants you to talk to Him. The last time that we were together, a couple weeks ago, we talked about seven motivational gifts. Remember my well? Still here, by the way. My well is here, right? We talked about the motivational gifts. The motivational gifts of the Spirit, the desire and power God puts into each and every one of us. Amen? He puts it in us as believers. We have these gifts. There was the gift of prophecy and evangelism, right? Proclaiming the truth of God's Word. Remember the guy fell in the well? What these guys would say, are you saved? Do you know Jesus is your Savior? Just in case something happens and you don't make it. Let me tell you how. And they share the gospel. Or maybe you have the gift of serving. Maybe you're a server. Rendering service to others. Man, here you are. And here's a rope. Grab it. Right? And so you throw the rope in there. You grab it, Right? And so you're trying to help him, right? Maybe you have the gift of teaching and preaching. Man, that's instructing in righteousness, right? Teaching and preaching. We want, to, we want to teach, well, this is a well, man. Listen, this well is 50 feet deep. It's got these walls. There's, there's some deep water in the bottom of it if it's a good well. And, you know, you shouldn't have been playing around with it. So anyway, so, and they teach and preach. And then exhortation, somebody gets up there. You all right down there? You're going to make it. I promise you're going to make it. we got people up here to help you. It's okay. Be encouraged. Giving. One who literally gives, I'll buy the rope. I'll buy all the rope you need. How much you need? There it is. Leading an administration. you always got people got to tell you what to do, right? Get over here, do this, do that, do the other. Motivational gifts. And then finally you got the mercy. Mercy, you know, bearing, oh, I'm so sorry that you're down in that well, and, you know, I just feel your pain and feel, you know, you want to get out, and I'm just so sorry for you that you're not out. Motivational gifts. The reason you took those tests was to look at what your motivational gifts were. And so as we go in today, listen, I'm not sure what your gift is. How many of you took the test just, just to see a show of hands? Everybody, everybody figure out their gift? That's cool. That's good. Well, listen, if you don't know what your gift, you're not sure 
what your gift is. Here's what I highly recommend. You start practicing these seven things and see what happens. Take those seven things, start practicing these seven things and see which one really stands out. I think God will just show up and just show off in your life and show you, hey, this is what it is I'm supposed to be doing right here. Right? I want to encourage you to do it. And sometimes in the excitement of discovering your spiritual gift, sometimes we may incorrectly conclude that you cannot exercise any other spiritual gift. Well, I have the gift of mercy. <laughs> That's all I have. I can't teach. Don't ask me to teach. I can't teach. I can't preach. I can't give. Think about that. The ultimate expression of every gift is personified in Christ Jesus. Now think about this. Jesus commands all these gifts in his own life. If you and I are saved and we have Jesus living in us, we're, what happens to those gifts? We have a capacity because of Jesus in us to fulfill all these gifts. However, you may have one that's dominant than the rest of them. And you take that dominant gift, if it might be the gift of mercy, and it's like I shared a couple weeks ago, and you might be a teacher, a school teacher. But you would take that gift of mercy and it would, it would rise above as you're teaching and you would lay out mercy to your students, especially those who struggle. You'd be merciful to them. So it's, it's easy for us. We need to understand the key is there are more, the more we become like Jesus, listen, the more we will express each of his gifts in a balanced manner. In a balanced manner. So I want you to remember that. Even though we will use them all for one basic motivation, those seven that I just mentioned above, something in there, you need to be able to use them. So each of us is commanded in Scripture to perform the functions of all seven gifts regardless of what one's particular motivation may be. Think about this. We should all be prophets. There's not a one of us in here that shouldn't share the Word of God with somebody. We should all share the Word of God. We should all be serving one another. Right? We, there's no reason why we cannot serve. We should all be teachers. You're teaching somebody. You taught your kids. Whether they're right or wrong, you taught them. You teach them. Everything you do teaches them. We should all be exhorting. We should be encouraging to one another. Encourage one another. We should all be givers. We should be sharing things. Be givers. We should all be organizers and leaders. We should. You lead your family. You lead your wife or husband. You lead your job. Your boss leads you. You lead others. We should, listen, all show mercy. We should be helping others, being merciful. That's what we need to be doing. These are all the motivational gifts of the Spirit, and you guys took the test for it. And we all have one. We all have one. Now, there are three categories of spiritual gifts that I want to talk about this morning. Keep in mind, turn to 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verses 1 through 6. Verses 1 through 6, we're going to hit on these this morning. Three categories of spiritual gifts. 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 1 says, Now concerning these spiritual gifts, brethren, here's Paul writing this. Now think about this for a minute. Paul's writing it, brethren. I do not want you to be unaware. Some of your translations might say ignorant. In other words, you just don't know. But Paul says, I don't want you to be ignorant. I don't want you to not know these things that he wants to teach you. And so many times I think in our Christian churches, are we not ignorant about Holy Spiritual gift things? Are we not? Sometimes we are just ignorant of them. Where Paul is saying, I don't want you to be ignorant. I want you to understand them. I want you to know your gifts so that God can use you to the capacity so you go to the grave empty instead of full potential. So important. And he says, you know that when you were pagans, you were led astray to the mute idols. However, you were led. He said, therefore, I make known to you that no one speaking by the Spirit, capital S of God, says Jesus is accursed. And no one can say Jesus is Lord except by the Holy Spirit. And then he says, for there are varieties of gifts, but the same Spirit. And there are varieties of ministries, 
and at the same and the same Lord. And there are varieties of effects, but the same God who works all things in all persons. So number one, there are diversities of gifts. Diversities of gifts. In verse 4 it says, now there are varieties of gifts, but the same spirit. The word gifts there literally means spiritualities. Spiritualities. In fact, it's a, in the Greek the word meaning is it's, it's, a, it's, it's charisma. It's a gift. It's where we get the word charismatic from in some of our brothers and sisters and some of our charismatic churches, and they use that word as gift. Charisma or gift. Grace gifts. These are grace gifts. These are divine gifts that God gives to each and every one. Actual gifts themselves that God gives to us as believers. Number two, there are diversities of administrations. In verse five, and there are varieties of ministries and the same Lord. Now that word in there in the ministration is, is diaconia. It's actually the word deacon. Actually the word deacon. This is how the gifts are ministered out. This is how we minister the gifts. They're ministered or served. In outreach, in ministries, things that we could do, like the live nativity coming up. We have a great opportunity to minister to our community. And we can use all of our gifts combined today, collectively together, use our gifts to minister the gospel of Jesus Christ in a, such a profound way. And by the way, we're having that meeting after the service today. So I hope you're playing for it. And then number three, diversities of operations. 1 Corinthians 12, 6 says, There are varieties of effects, but the same God who works all things in all persons. There is effects of these gifts, of everyone. There is an effect of them when they're operating. And those are the three categories of spiritual gifts. Now there are three applications of these spiritual gifts. Three applications of the spiritual gifts. The last time we were together, we talked about, and I just talked about a few minutes ago, the motivational gifts. Motivational gifts. That comes from Romans chapter 12, verses 3 through 9. The term motivation is simply a definition for the work of God's grace through the life of the believer. They're motivational. This is that desire and power that he puts within us to accomplish what? His will for the world. If you're submitted to him, the motivational gift, whatever that gift is, you exercise it. You look to exercise it every day through whatever you're doing, whatever job, wherever you're at. Look for the opportunity to exercise that spiritual gift, that motivational gift through you to touch the hearts and the lives of other people. Do it. Number two, an application of spiritual gifts is ministry gifts. Ministry gifts. That comes from 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verses 27 through 31. 27 through 31. God has set some in the church and in verse 20, he says, God has appointed in the church. He's speaking to the body of Christ. He's speaking to us, the church. And he's appointed some to be apostles and teachers and preachers and different things. And he goes on. The ministry gifts are the function within this local body of believers. This is what this is, ministry gifts. That's why we call them ministry gifts. Some ministry gifts are also confirmed. They're confirmed in, in the church. Anybody ever, ever, ever participate in ordination? Like for a deacon? Or an elder? Or a pastor? Or whoever it might be. See, those are, those are, they're ordaining them. They're confirming them before the body of Christ to do service, to do work for the Lord. And then the third one is manifestation gifts. Manifestation gifts. 1 Corinthians 12, 7 through 11. Now, the last time that we were together, I was together with you, I had them flipped around backwards. So you might look at your notes a couple weeks ago. 7 through 11. It said, but to each one is given the manifestation of the Spirit for the common good. Manifestation gifts. We see them manifested in the work that we do. Verse 7 contains thoughts of verse 6. Working all things for what? For the common good. So all these gifts work out for the common good of all people. Speaking of the result of the Holy Spirit's works, listen, we are to develop our motivational gifts. Whatever that gift is, you need to develop it or operate in them. 
Now, it is the church's responsibility to confirm those ministry gifts as we do the training, as we learn, as we're taught. And I know, like, this isn't just a simple sermon. This isn't just an ordinary sermon. It's a sermon that's really of a teaching sermon than anything else because I want you guys to understand spiritual gifts. Understand that you have spiritual gifts and that you need to operate. You need to discover what that spiritual gift is in and through your life so God can use you to the fullest potential that he has uh, ordained for you to do. You know, it's really all on God. It's about us submitting to his authority. When we don't submit and we try to work things out for ourselves, we fail every single time. But the gifts of God, he, he, he delivers them to you. He gives them to you as you're ready to receive those gifts. If you're truly open and you're truly yielded to the Spirit of God, he has no reason to hold back any gift to you if you are willing to receive it. If you're ready, if your heart is pure, if you're following him and you're doing what he has leads you to do each and every day. So the ministry gifts, the church is responsible for that. It is the Holy Spirit's function to reward the use of the gifts. For who? Verse 7, for the common good of what? Of everybody. So our fire burns a lot brighter when all of us are working together in church. And I think about this. I think so many times people will lay out of church and say, well, I don't need to be in church. No, you do need to be in church. Because all these gifts, there's 18, 21, there's 21 spiritual gifts, and they operate within the entire body. When we come together, it's a bonfire for Jesus. And that's what we want here, right? That's what we need. We need to be obedient to the Spirit of God and what he calls for us to do. We need to make ourselves available. Listen, everything else, when you die and you go to heaven, it's going to be burned up except for the things that you do for the Lord for eternity. There's nothing else more important than doing eternal things for God. Nothing more important than that. The things that will last forever. The bottom line, folks, is this. When it comes to the Holy Spirit, you and I need never to be afraid of the Spirit of God. And I think that's what happens so many times. We get complacent. We don't think about the Holy Spirit dwelling within and the Holy Spirit, listen, he wants to work in and through you. And we don't need to be afraid of any of the gifts that he has for you. Just because you never experienced it before. You know? It always reminds me of like, uh, I remember talking with students and they want to go apply for a job, but they don't want to go down for a face-to-face. -face. I mean, you notice in society how everything's online. Like, there's like no face-to-face. -face. People don't really, but you have to ultimately do a face-to-face. I used to have students that wouldn't come into my youth group. Why? They wouldn't come into my youth group uh, that were new. They didn't want to go. They would tell mom and dad, I don't know anybody in that youth group. I don't know them. I don't have any friends. I don't know anybody. Well, come on. Grow up. Come on. <laughs> I mean, you got to get a job, right? You got to do something. You got to take a step. You got to go. You got to go to face to face, you know. And now we've gotten so used to our devices that we do community in isolation. And then we don't even know, have any face-to-face -face skills. And I want all of us, we need to have face-to-face -face skills, and it's easy. And these younger people have a hard time with the face-to-face -face sometimes. But we need to approach them. We need to be a, approachable, but we need to approach them too. And hey, because you and I have the answer, the cure. We have the cure for the virus. The cure for the virus is here. It's Jesus, right? No matter what happens. You die and go to heaven, heaven's not such a bad place. Right? So we need to think about that. So as we dive in to talk about spiritual gifts, in the next couple of weeks we're going to dive in, next week we're going to talk about how all these gifts are used individually. We don't need to be afraid of the Holy Spirit. You know what we need to do? We need to eat him up. That's what we need to do. So with that, I want us to all bow our heads and pray. We're going to go into the Lord's table right now. Lord Jesus, we thank you for your precious word. Lord, so many times we will find ourselves just falling short, God. And, and we, I want to take this time, Lord, if there's anyone here that's never trusted you, Jesus, never trusted your shed blood on the cross for the forgiveness of their sins, Lord, they would take this time right now and ask you, Lord Jesus, to come into their heart and to save them. Maybe there's never been a time they've ever done that. And they say, and they need, they need salvation this morning. 
They know. They would know. If they're lost, they know it. And it's my prayer, Lord, that whoever it is that may be in our midst this morning, that, Lord, that you would do a perfect work in and through their life. Lord, that you would touch their heart, squeeze their heart, help them to surrender and release themselves to you. Say, Lord Jesus, I'm a sinner. I know it. I've done wrong. I need you, my Savior, as a Savior. Lord, come into my heart right now. I ask you to save me from all my sin, past, present, future sin. I ask you to touch my life and to change me for all eternity, to seal me until the day of redemption. I ask you, Lord, just to be with me and help me, Lord, to overcome myself. Help me surrender my whole being to you this morning, Jesus. I trust your death on the cross. I trust your burial in the tomb. And I trust your resurrection to show me, God, that I, too, have life everlasting. Thank you, Jesus, for saving my soul this morning. I trust you. Lord, I thank you, Lord, for this time together. And we thank you, Lord, that we can sit around your table, Lord. And Lord, I just praise you for it. Lord, it's also my intent that every one of us would examine ourselves thoroughly right now before we partake of the Lord's Supper. Lord, we do not want to be caught taking an unworthy man. Lord, as you sacrificed unconditionally for us, we need to make sure as the body of Christ, Lord, that we have an unconditional love for you. Lord, you showed us first. You showed us most. Help us to follow your example, Lord, in that sacrificial love of the body of Christ. We ask you to forgive us for anything in our life that should not be there, Lord. Any impurities, any sin. Lord, forgive us for that sin. Help us to draw close to you, God. We thank you, Lord, that we can confess our sin to you and you're faithful and just to forgive us of our sin and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Lord, I just want us to take a time, a moment of silence so that every one of us have the opportunity. Lord, just to mean business with you this morning, Jesus, the great redeemer, the great forgiver. Lord, may we be forgiven this morning, Jesus, as we can sit purely around your table this morning. Thank you, Jesus. I can have my men are going to help serve this morning. Thank you. differently we have um, these goblets and in these goblets one side has the juice in it and the other side has the bread in it on the bottom of the goblet is the bread of course we'll do the bread first so we're going to pass these out to you this morning and just be prepared just take your time we'll do one at a time okay it's a little bit different trying to make it as safe as possible because of the virus and everything but I know as well that the Lord is with us. Amen.
You know, the Bible says it is said that on the night before he was betrayed, it says at the conclusion of the feast of the Passover, which he and his disciples were celebrating, it says he took the bread and having blessed it, broke it and gave to his disciples and said, this is my body, which is given for you. Father, we just thank you for this time together. We thank you, Lord, for your body that was broken for us. That by your stripes that we can be healed, we can be forgiven. Lord, you took the wrath of God meant for us, and you took it on your own body. And Lord, that just humbles me. I just, I just, uh, it just brings me to uh, an understanding that I don't deserve any good thing that I have. Because God, you paid the price that I could not pay. And you lavishly loved on us and gave it to us for free. And Lord, and it cost you everything. We thank you, Lord, as we think about the beating that you took for each and every one of us and that your body was broken absolutely for each and every one of us. And God, we thank you for it. In Jesus' name, amen. In John 6, 58, it says, This is the bread that came down from heaven. It is not like the manna your fathers ate, and they died. The one who eats this bread will live forever. Let's take and eat. Thank you, Jesus. The Bible says on that same night that the Lord took the cup and after giving thanks he said take this and share it among yourselves. He said for I tell you from now on I will not drink of the fruit of the vine until the kingdom of God comes.
Dear Heavenly Father, we thank you, Lord, for the blood that was sacrificed, that was spilled out, Lord, for each and every one of our sins. And Lord, it's just, uh, it just blows me away to know, God, that you became that literal sacrifice for me, for everybody in this room, for the world. And that you poured out every drop of blood, Lord, was poured out for each and every one of us. Lord, we are eternally grateful. For we know without the shedding of blood, there's no remission of sin. And God, you saved us. And Lord, we thank you for the covering and the washing away that your blood does. And Lord, we give you praise and honor the agony that you went through. Lord, that we would be made one with you, Jesus. 1 Corinthians 11, 25, says, In the same way, he also took the cup. He said, after supper, and said, This is this cup is the new covenant of my blood. Do this as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. And then in 1 John 1 says, But if we walk in the light as he is in the light, we have fellowship one with another, and the blood of Jesus, his son, cleanses us from all sin. Amen. Take a drink, brothers and sisters. Jesus. Paul wrote in 1 Corinthians 11, 26, for as often as you eat and drink, eat this bread and drink this cup, he says, you proclaim the Lord's death until he comes. Amen? Amen. And it says, and, and I can't help but... <laughs> This thought always comes to my mind is that the disciples in the upper room when they had the dinner with the Lord and as you go in the book of Acts and then you see where think about this. These disciples gathered around the table with their Savior not fully understanding at that time what was going on until after he died on the cross and rose from the dead then he appears to them. Can you just see them? Can you just see them every time they sat down to eat a meal after that? They knew that Jesus is and was. Can you think about how they felt every time they sat down just to eat? Just to eat. How difficult would that be? That every meal would turn into a worship service. And I often thought about that as we eat a lot, right? <laughs> the Lord is so precious to us. And guess what? Each one of you obviously are precious to him or he would not have done what he had done on that cross for you and for me. Let's not take it lightly. It says that night when they got finished, they sang a hymn. One of the songs I, I believe that they probably sang was out of the Psalms. I think it was in chapter 118, the Hillels, which is the ascent that they would do going up the steps into the, the temple. And uh, this is the day that the Lord has made. <laughs> I will rejoice and be glad. And that may not have been the song like we sing it. <laughs> but they sang a hymn, and somehow I can think that they probably recited that passage of Scripture and maybe had their own, their own hymn for that. So let's all stand up. It's good to be in the house of the Lord. Sing together. This is the day, this is the day that the Lord has made, that the Lord has made. I will rejoice, I will rejoice and be glad in it, and be glad in it. This is the day that the Lord has made. I will rejoice and be glad in it. This is the day. This is the day that the Lord has made. Amen. Amen. Okay, is everybody's heart and mind clear? I better be. I just hear, yes. <laughs> yes, yes, that's right, right. Listen, keep it that way. Amen. As you serve the Lord each and every day, and we look forward to seeing you here. Wednesday night uh, for our Bible study and uh, next Sunday as well, okay?
God bless you. We love you very much. Enjoy your day. Those that are staying for the meeting, are you meeting in here? Right in here. Right here. Right here. That's Southern Geechee talk for here. Cheer. Right here. All right? Right here. Right? So we'll do that.